0: Who the hell do you
1: think you are? I know
0: who I am. The
1: name is Hawk. You're listening to the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast. The very best place to break the ice with your favorite player. Now, here's your host, a man who's been to every state except for 32 of them, Nick Hart. Yes, yes, Ladies and gentlemen, we are back for yet another episode of your Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We're also back in Northeastern Pennsylvania for this one after recording our last episode on the road had to get that taken care of in texas first road podcast we've done in forever but back in the friendly confines of the toyota sportsplex at cole street in our makeshift studio here i am your host nick hart and my guest for this episode of the penguins podcast is a young man that i am thrilled to have throwing on the cans with me here to talk some hockey talk some life it's brandon hawkins penguins rookie forward hawk how are you doing my friend I'm doing wonderful. Thanks for having me. Wonderful! That is a great way to start right out of the gate. Not just good, doing okay, doing fine. Wonderful! What makes you
0: so wonderful today? Ah, uh, you know what? I get to I get to wake up and do what I love every day. I get to come to the rink and and kind of play the sport I, I grew up loving, and and you can't complain about that, plain and simple. No, you can make no complaints about that. You up here
1: with the Wilkes-Barre-Scranted Penguins, uh, you were with the team earlier in October, came on an ATO at the end of last season after your collegiate career wrapped up, but uh, most of your season has been spent with the Penguins' ECHL affiliate, the Wheeling Nailers, and it's not too often we actually get a guy who's spent a significant amount of time in Wheeling in a given season uh, here on the podcast, so we'll touch a little bit more on the wheel in a little bit, but I wanted to ask you about uh, your travel arrangements to get here. Did you make it? to the WB AOK this time around, because I
0: know earlier in the year you had some issues. Uh, yeah, I, I made it a, a lot easier this time. Actually, I got a new car, so the the Volkswagen's gone, rest in peace. R.I.P. I, I bought a new car. It was a lot easier to get here this time. What happened the first time? Let the people know. Uh, you were called up. I, I was called up, and I left about 4 p.m. right after practice in Wheeling, and my fiance was with me, Callie Flanagan. She's on the mm-hmm. USA national team. And we're driving along. We stopped, got dinner in Pittsburgh. We figured, why not? And then got on our way here. 10 o'clock rolls around. We're about two hours out, and we're right outside of uh, Penn State College. And um, my alter- I blow an alternator. Mm-hmm. My car just totally shuts down. Poof. We sat on the road for two-plus hours waiting oh. for a cop to come help because my flashers went out, so we are sitting there blind. Like, this and, is a
1: total power oh, down, basically. Oh, yeah,
0: total power down. I had no power throughout the whole car. And state cop finally showed up two hours after we called them, uh, and they were responding to a um, an accident that was, like, a, on the total opposite side of the highway. So right. it, was, it was tough for them to get there. So I was just thankful they got there when they did. We then called an Uber to come sit behind us and flash their lights for us. So I had to pay the guy to come sit and do that for us so for wait, a good so, forty five minutes. I
1: don't mean to interrupt your story, but you called an Uber mm-hmm. just to sit behind you yeah. and have his blinkers on.
0: Yeah. How did that conversation go? Uh, I basically called him well, Callie called him and yeah. We're on speaker and I go, Hey man, look, I'll just I'll throw you fifty bucks if you come sit behind my car for twenty five minutes. <laughs> like otherwise we're sitting ducks. Yeah, we right. We got eighteen wheelers going eighty miles an hour next to us and yeah. So it was uh it wasn't too bad and then the cops showed up and about an hour and a half after that, the tow truck showed up. So we're right around 1.30, 1.30 a.m. And finally, the tow truck gets to us. They tow us to the place in yeah, Penn State. I call an Uber. An Uber takes us all the way from Penn State to Wilkes-Barre. We get here about 3 a.m. right <laughs> oh, around that time. Uh, I had to be at the rink at 8 a.m. the next day and, and practice. And you know what? Hey, I was. I'm just happy to be here and... And try to contribute as much as I can. So I, I took full advantage of it, and I thought I had a pretty good day the next day with five hours of sleep. Felt like I was back in college. <laughs> <laughs> back in college, just go to bed late, late nights, and then yeah. get up early and get like back on the ice. One of those all-night study days. It's, yeah, exactly. It's just not ideal, but you got to do it.
1: You got to do it. You got to pull it off. And through all of that madness, Uber blinkers and state cops and stopping in the middle of the state, car total power down. He did make it here, and now this time around, much, much smoother. Oh, yeah.
0: Yes. Thankful for the new car. That's amazing.
1: Oh, yeah. That 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 is an all-time travel story because people talk about all the time guys getting called up, sent down from uh, Pittsburgh to Wilkes-Barre, making that drive a bunch of times, or same thing, Wheeling to Wilkes-Barre, making that trip a bunch. And some wacky stuff can happen from time to time, but I think a complete and total power
0: down in the exact middle of the trip. Well, there's there's a second part of that story. Wait, there's a part two. So, so wait a minute. I, when I got sent the down, sequel. When I got sent back down after my car got fixed. Okay. I went back down, and Cali was playing in Pittsburgh in the rivalry series with Canada. Yes. And I was on my way back from one of their one of their day, whatever they were doing, and my alternator went again.
1: Again, So the same is, thing. This
0: is two weeks apart. Two weeks okay. apart, same thing. Alternator blue. And at this point, I'm in Bridgeville. So yes. I was right by the top golf. Yeah, I know exactly so what you're talking about. I was about. able – I was, like, on – I got off. Like, luckily, my car powered down on the highway. I rolled all the way into the Sunoco that's there. I know exactly what you're I got talking a, about. I got a car Car to jump me. So uh-huh. I, he jumped me. I started driving up the, the on-ramp, and it died again. Okay. So I'm like, all right, this time I know what I'm doing. I called the tow truck right away. Yeah. He says, all right, it's going to be three hours. I go, okay, well, are you all right if you just tow it back to – West Banco Arena, and I just Uber home. Like it's it's late. I gotta play tomorrow. He goes, yeah, it's no big deal. So that happens, and I call my Uber. My first Uber drives past me on the highway, just it doesn't pick me up. So I I ran all the way back to the Sunoco off the on ramp, and my second Uber came and picked me up, and we're driving down, driving back to West Banko, and all of a sudden we hit a deer.
1: Oh no! Way. So no. so now, so now You're my. You're So
0: no, I swear to God, now my Uber needs a tow truck. <laughs> no. Luckily, luckily, like he, so we hit the deer and it crushes antifreeze like canister, yeah. like the, holder. So, I can smell the antifreeze like leaking on the side of the car, and luckily we were at an exit. So he pulled in, car totaled. His name's uh, James Van Sickle. I've brought him to a game that next weekend. Just yeah, you gotta hook this guy up. Helpful. At a boy, James. He he called a, a tow truck, um, came picked up his Uber or his car. He got an Uber home. I got an Uber to Wheeling. Yeah. And four or five Ubers later, we were we were home, home free.
1: I genuinely did not know about the sequel to this. Yeah. I knew about your troubles getting out here the oh, first yeah. time, the
0: first shutdown. But there's a second shutdown. Yep. And then finally, the car went home. Uh, I actually passed it down to my little sister. They got it completely fixed. It, Allegedly. It, it was the alternator. Um, and then about two weeks ago, she got in a car accident. A kid hit her on like a 45 degree angle. And it, I don't know what happened. I just saw pictures of the car and it totaled the car. So rest in peace, the Volkswagen. I was going to say, I think that car might be cursed as soon as you said that your sister got into
1: an accident. But I guess if, if she's gone, she's gone. Yeah, that car's gone forever. Toast. Yeah. Toast Malone. <laughs> well, no more car troubles in your future, hopefully. Oh, oh and, I hope not. And then the
0: Uber rides, hopefully, maybe <laughs> only within a five, ten minute radius oh, instead with, of multiple hours. Oh, with the car I got, it, uh, it'd it be too expensive to try to fix it anyway, so I can't do that. <laughs> Seriously, that is incredible. Yeah. I didn't even know there was that second part to yeah. that story.
1: And that is arguably even more unbelievable than the first. Yeah. This is one of the few times where the sequel lives up to the hype, if not exceeds the original oh yeah the uber hits the deer and then the uber needs a tow truck yeah
0: i was and then i was just happy i could get the the guy that hit the deer to come out to a game and i got him tickets to the game i felt so bad i'm like
1: i'd imagine I'm like, so
0: oh it was he was so nice like it like the the deer didn't do anything to either me or him like in terms of when we hit the deer so i was like right we're perfectly fine it's just like it's a random thing the deer just darted out and hammered mm-hmm. the car like not much you can do.
1: Always at risk in in Western Pennsylvania. Oh, it's yeah. L- if in if, West Virginia, if, if it's
0: dark out, century. if it's dark out, there's a there's a good possibility you see you see some sort of some sort of deer. And there's nothing you can do about it either. Nope. Like it's one thing when it's when it's
1: daylight and you yeah. can sort of see the deer at the side of the road yeah. and you kind of look at them and you're like, don't don't you go, don't you move, don't you move? And hopefully they don't. But when it's nighttime, you're you're,
0: they're flying blind just as much as you. I oh, guess. Oh yeah, and the second they see headlights, it's their eyes are this big, yep. and and you can't—they're not moving. So it's it's on and you to move. And other than that, it's it's usually not good. No, it doesn't often work out well oh. for
1: for both parties. Yep. Very rarely does both parties walk out of that situation unscathed. Yep. Yeah, but. Hopefully all of your travel woes are, are <laughs> behind you now, and I'm happy to hear that you made it out here uh, much more safely this time around. You also uh, mentioned your, your fiance Kaylee, mm-hmm. uh, multiple times there. Got to yeah. ask you about that. You said mm-hmm. played for the, the U.S. national team. Mm-hmm. She is an Olympian. Yep. She's she is a gold, gold medal. medalist. Yep. How did you end up landing an Olympic gold
0: medalist? I couldn't tell you. I I couldn't tell you. You don't uh, know. You maybe st- maybe my personality. It's not my looks, that's for sure. <laughs> um, I don't know. When I first started talking to her, I had this terrible mustache too. I don't even know how she liked me. I had frosted tips. This in my this hair. is a true underdog story oh, right yeah. here. And, mustache. And I had frosted tips. Oh, it was, it was a bad mustache. And we're too. talking about a grade A athlete. So it was. Um, it was nice. Like I, I met her and I kinda I kinda started out I made fun of her and, and that's kinda where her us is history. Like, what do you what do you mean you were making fun of her? Uh so I didn't talk to her for the first couple of times I skated at her dad's rink. Like she skated with us, her dad ran a skills. Okay, skate.
1: so this is like uh like, okay, like summertime, a summertime skate yeah. no
0: summertime like skills. Like he, Oh okay, yep. like an organized yep, session. Yep. Okay. So we come and skate and he has everybody come out and, and he does an A plus job. So and anybody that wants to know that's Bill Flanagan at Northern Cyclones Hockey. Reach out to him. <laughs> um so we I went and skated and Bailey Coyne, Kendall Coyne's little sister mm-hmm. brought me to come skate and the first day I, I met her, she introduced herself. I didn't didn't really say much else to her and by the time like the third skate came around about three weeks later, I I finally got on a bench with her and I, I and we're sitting there and I go, Hey, look, I gotta I gotta tattoo of you on my uh on my forearm, she goes. What do you mean? I go. I got a I got a dusty pylon tattooed on my forearm, <laughs> and she turned and chucked her glove at me, and the rest was history.
1: And then they lived happily ever after. Yep, that's nuts.
0: Yep. That's so a, that's a hockey relationship, if, right if there. I've ever heard it's, one.
1: it's a chirp
0: right out of the gate. Yep. That leads to love. Yep. That's unbelievable. Hey, my dad always told me, got You got to make the the ones you love laugh. That's that's how it works. There you go. And I guess
1: that's how you locked it up. Like you said, your personality make her laugh. Yep. And it's a it's a winning formula yep. for Brandon. I didn't have the looks going for me. So. <laughs> and you come right out of the gate too. Like I have a tattoo of you on my forearm. Yeah. I can only imagine what this girl is thinking when you open
0: with that line. She's like, "What is this well, psycho like, well, trying we were, to say?" We were talking about it because one of uh, one of the girls skating with us was Kayla Barnes. Her brother is autistic, and okay. I have an autism tattoo on my forearm. Yes. So I'm a big autism advocate and mm-hmm. working with with kids with autism and. To me, it's it's huge. It's very rewarding. It's it's nice to get back. I watch my dad do it. My mom's a teacher. Uh-huh. She's she does it every day. So it's something that's running my family. It's something I I. It's got a special place in my heart. That's so great. when Kayla originally saw that tattoo on my on my wrist, I was I told her story and and then Kelly goes, "What other tattoos do you got?" And that's how. I
1: oh, it. okay. Yeah. So that's a smooth. You sold yourself short there. That's thinking on the fly right there. That's some wit. I don't. I don't know if it's wit or stupidity, but it was. It
0: was. It was pretty that's good. Sharp. Nonetheless. You're a smooth
1: <laughs> operator, Brandon uh, Hawkins, with the mustache and the frosted tips. Oh, it's a tough luck. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess you pulled it
0: off. Hey, you pulled it off yep, enough, buddy. Yep. Oh, so what is what is she doing these days? Uh, they're actually they're in Vancouver. They played last night in uh, Victoria, B.C. Uh, is that like another their, like their three-game rivalry, rivalry series, series. Okay. on uh, NHL Network? And um, it's what she does for hockey on a daily basis is unbelievable. I Couldn't be more proud of her. It's she tries to advocate for women, or advocate for women's hockey, and as do I because I like I love seeing her succeed. Like she works harder than than most of the people I know, and I I just want to see her on the next level, being able to play professional women's hockey. Yeah, and. Perhaps I'm biased because Mm -hmm. I grew up
1: a gigantic hockey fan. Mm -hmm. Hockey was all I ever thought about when I woke up, when I went to bed. It's all I wanted to watch. Women's hockey was not readily available to Mm -hmm. consume. It was pretty much uh, Olympics or bust. And even then. Once every four years. And and even then it was not nearly as, as widely covered as men's hockey. And I'm not sure when that sort of. Uh, became a little bit more um, accessible mm-hmm. but anytime you watch a women's game especially mm-hmm. at that
0: caliber that level every time you're like this is good hockey oh yeah yeah yep. it's it's unbelievable to watch it's, and not it's like high. oh for girls no, it's, it's like no this is good hockey it's high skilled high speed people say it's non-contact hockey but there's a lot of contact yeah and that canada usa rivalry is is to me it's a bloodbath i love watching it. it's is. like to me it reminds me of the Detroit Colorado rivalry back in the early two thousand yeah. So like every time they're button heads and it's it's always a great hockey game. Like last night, um Canada went up, US tied it, then they went up, then Canada tied it, and then they went in overtime, Canada won. Like how can you not love that type of game? Yeah, you're always on your toes.
1: Yeah, regardless of of who you're cheering for, who yeah. you're pulling for, team wise, country wise, individual performers, things like that. Yep. Those U.S. Canada games, the intensity is so high, and they're always back and forth. There's rarely a blowout. Yeah, it's it's
0: unbelievable. You gotta love it, and think about it. Like, I mean, you have your your typical old old school people that uh-huh. say like. Uh, there shouldn't be women's professional hockey. Blah blah blah, and <laughs> and that like that really irks me because like the people that say that couldn't put a pair of pair of skates on and even skate with right, the girls exactly. that are on the ice. Like, like take a step back and watch the game. Like in like sit there and try to enjoy it and understand like where they're coming from. Like they are working just as hard as everybody else, and and they're just as skilled as everybody else. I mean I don't know if you saw the the NHL All Star oh, game yeah, of had course. had the three on the three, three on three. The ECHL All-Star Game had Cali was in it, um, Annie Pankowski, Danny, Danny Cameronese, and... Who else? I'm trying to think. I'm racking my brain right now. Uh, Gigi Marvin. Yes. Yep. So you have four unbelievably, incredibly talented girls, and I think mean, Cali scored the game winner yep. against Uka Pakalukunen, who's the, a highly touted prospect. He's unbelievable. Like, you have Annie Pankowski picking up the puck on her backhand, doing a backhand toe drag. Like, you can't tell me they're not just as skilled as everybody else. They're good. That's that's good hockey.
1: And then the thing is, the the people, these these blah blah blahs people that we're talking about, um, they'll always be like, "Whoa, we'll put them out there against like Crosby and Ovechkin, like (laughs) they couldn't hang in the men's game." Well, I mean, well, one, that's not what we're talking about here. One, that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about here is is growing and appreciating the women's game, which is once again, you talk about those U.S. Canada games, high level professionals, things like that. It is good hockey. They they. Their, they bust yep. their backside so oh. hard, and then you do something like, like the ECHL All-Star Game, yep. and they start pulling off that kind of stuff, yep. and then there will still be blah, blah, blah detractors who say things like, oh, well, it was an All-Star Game, so they didn't care. Yeah. And it's like, those people you're just never going to sell. Mm-hmm. They're, they're so far off the reservation, it doesn't matter.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: No matter what they do, they'll, be, they'll always be unproven in those people's eyes. And if you're on the fence or something like that, I would tell you to just look it up and try and f- consume a women's hockey game, or like you say, they have these rivalry series that are being broadcast on NHL Network. Watch it. It's good. It's oh. fun, and it's intense.
0: Well uh, Last night, like, uh, Dandy Cameron Easy playing that ECHL All-Star game, like like she's a passer, mm-hmm. and she made a pass out front, and they, they tied the game up, or they went up late, late in the game. And the pass she made was just like... That's a pass you see in the in the NHL. Like a ludicrous, yeah, like, pass. Like through, like, two sticks and a pair of skates and on somebody's tape, and it's in the back of the net. I got to look up the highlights. So, and, like, if you think about it, the the old guys that are in, let's see. I'm trying to think. In in my era, like, all the current bad rappers call the old rappers old heads. You can call the the people who think, uh, like, ho- like hockey as it used to be old heads, if you want. Yes, will. yeah, like, they, okay. They, like they wanna compare like like Crosby to who else but like uh Philippe Poulin, the she's been like said to be like the the She's nasty. She's the Crosby of women's hockey. She's nasty. Yeah. Like you can't not love it. It's I was I was hockey's, exactly. hockey's hockey. It's for everybody if and you're, that's if how you're if you're a, a hockey sort of fan
1: and you, you like hockey, you watch that high level stuff and if you don't walk away going like that was great, then you gotta reevaluate if you are truly a hockey fan. Yeah. Right? So um, back to marie philippe yeah. We were—I was watching the the skills competition, the NHL skills competition—with a buddy who who lives down in Charlotte now, mm-hmm. and he like DVR'd it. So when we were down in Charlotte playing the checkers, I met up with him, and then we were watching it. And it was him and another friend who I had met for the first time. They mm-hmm. we were watching the three on three, and Poulin made a couple of different plays just on the first few shifts, and they both went like, "Whoa!" Like, mm-hmm. "Who's that?" And I'm like, "She is on another level. She's so good." Yeah, yeah. And like But that's I, just what you need. You just need more exposure. Yeah. And then people see that and go like like I know my buddy's gonna remember her. The right. next time
0: there's a US Canada game, he's gonna be well, watching Poulain every shift. And and for the people that, that don't know or are aren't as educated on the a women's game, like I'm I'm lucky I I live I with say, I live yeah. with I live with one of them. I'm getting <laughs> it's married. It's part of your to, life. I'm getting married to, to an Olympic gold medalist and yeah. she's changed my life and no she's big unbelievable. Deal. She like to support women's hockey, it's not just supporting it when it's when it's on the NHL network. It's not just supporting it when it's being covered by the NHL. It's it's when you support it in in the media and support the the women and the the different females that like that are covering that women's hockey, whether it be the NHL All Star Game or the Rivalry Series or women's college hockey. Like if you support that, that's the way it starts to grow. You can't just be like a Bingo. like a it's. In my eyes, it's like selective hearing. Okay. Like yeah. Like you can't just pick and choose where you want. You got to support the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like that's the way it grows. Like the Women's Hockey Tribune does a does a really really good job on Twitter of of reporting just about everything when it comes to to women's hockey, and it's uh, something I I read and I follow when I have the chance. So it's what is this? The Women's Hockey Tribune. Yep yeah, on uh, on Twitter. Oh, I'm gonna jump on that. Yeah. Then I'm gonna have to get on that train myself. I
1: follow a couple different. Uh, outlets that uh, cover either college hockey or or like NWHL, things Mm -hmm. like that. But that is not one of them. Mm-hmm. so I'm going to have to jump on that. There's an early Penns pick for you guys. Say it one more time, Brandon. Uh, the Women's Hockey Tribune. Women's ho- – yeah. <laughs> the Women's Hockey Tribune. The Women's Hockey Tribune. Yep. Don't screw it up like I did. <laughs> Brandon Hawkins has it down. Oh, you, yeah. yeah, you have this whole thing down right now. Uh, I know before we even started the podcast, you mentioned to me, like,
0: oh, you were excited to get on here mm-hmm. because this was your, your major. Yep. What did you study in school? Uh, I was a media and communications major at Northeastern University. Transfer student. I started, right. at, I started at Bowling Green. State University in Ohio, uh, just below Toledo. If yep. anybody doesn't know where that's at, uh, I spent two years there and had the opportunity to transfer to to the school in Boston, and I couldn't have been happier.
1: Yeah, and then so what, you're studying communications, all that media stuff. What uh, what
0: drove you to there? Uh, that uh, that path to communications. Yeah. So I, where I grew up, my dad ran a roller hockey rink, and I had always been pretty decent at. Uh, like it didn't matter where I was in what group of people, I had no issue communicating with anybody that was there. Okay, so, that makes sense. <laughs> so, to me, going into it was a no brainer. Uh huh. Like and like, I had to figure out a few different things when I got to school. Like, there's different parts of communications that you want to work in, and, and media was kind of where I went because in terms of of marketing myself and when it comes to like marketing within a group of people or I'll make sure I try to know every person in that room by the time I leave or has or at least have a 30 second conversation with each person that's just how I am
1: yeah that is definitely how you are yeah
0: I know that for a fact it seems
1: like everywhere we go Mm -hmm. Brandon Hawkins knows somebody Mm -hmm. if not everybody I know when uh, earlier this season Uh, training camp starts and Steve Alexi gets signed to a PTO and everyone's super excited to see Steve around again people that were on the staff or of Mm -hmm. course the fans that loved Steve and the next thing you know Brandon Hawkins and Steve Alexi are side by side mm-hmm. almost throughout the entire days. Oh, it turns out you guys go way back yep. to your days in Michigan and things like that. And then the other day there was a, a Wilkes women's hockey game at Mohegan Sun Arena at Casey mm-hmm. Plaza. And there's a coach
0: for the visiting team with yep. Chatham, and yep. you stop them in the hallway to talk
1: to them. And yep. it's like,
0: do you know everybody? Yeah, she played at uh, she played at Northeastern while I was there, so it was it a was small world.
1: And it seems like everywhere we go, there's a Brandon Hawkins connection somewhere. So it doesn't surprise me at all that that goes way back to when you were a kid, mm-hmm. just trying to have conversations with people and things like that. That yep. is you.
0: Yep, and it's through it's, and through. To me, it was like I, I think it's a it's a priceless skill to be able to to go into a room and and not feel like I know some people get anxiety right. in a big group of people, and and some of my family members are like that. My siblings are like that. So when I go in and I don't have that. Like you don't have that fear to like talk to anybody. Yeah. Like it makes it so easy to to market and, and kind of kind of enjoy meeting everyone you can. So and then you never know like who's around or or when that's gonna matter down the road. Yeah. You just don't. Because like to me, like let's see, uh, a good example would be I met Jerry Keith, my assistant coach at Northeastern, when I played for Little Caesars nine years ago now, eight years ago. Yeah. And I met him for the first time at a – we were in a tournament that, that called the – I don't know if it was, like, the Beantown Classic or something like that. And that was the first time I met him, and I – somehow he remembered me from that. So it was, it was kind There's of – There's a connection, yeah. Yeah, like And how never, old would you have been? I was – When you first – 17 or 18. And he remembered you. Yeah. And, like, him and Madigan, both of them. Remember both of me. them. Yeah, so – and I don't know, maybe it was because I knew Gare Vermish who played for them while they were while he was there. But okay. but like it's it always helps to to be outgoing and, and try to and try to talk to everybody.
1: Be outgoing, talk to people. But yeah. it's
0: not it doesn't run in your entire family. You said like your siblings aren't the same way. This uh, is just your deal. I mean, Maggie's very, very outgoing. She's Oh okay. She's basically the, the girl version of me, I'd say, and then and then Molly's more quiet and reserved, but she's a genius. Maggie's a genius, a genius. too. Yeah, I didn't get those genes, so <laughs> so it's they're both blessed with that. But I got the the outgoing side of it. So
1: what makes them a genius? Because we've heard from other guys on the podcast whose siblings are like
0: rocket scientists or equivalent. Oh. So Maggie's going into biomedical engineering. Okay. Yep. At, that, uh, that probably Lawrence, requires you to be a little smart. At Lawrence Tech University in Detroit, and then um, Molly was throughout high school was in a thing called uh, MI or I think it was IT or I, IB, International Baccalaureate Program. Like she was in like the top 1%. What? Yeah, she's like the top 1% of of, of smart kids throughout the, high school. The smartest of the smart. Yeah. So genius. Yeah. Genius so level. I didn't get that. I was like a <laughs> – I'm like your middle of the road, like between 2.5, 3.0 student. And that was always me. And I, I had to work my butt off to, to – be a, a b average student and they didn't try and got an a plus it was yeah so you had to be so jealous Yeah,
1: <laughs> i put in all this effort
0: yeah. for the for the 88 I, I, and you I, guys I, just no, showed I, up i put in all this effort to get an 81 <laughs> and you guys showed up and you both got a hundred so i'm like this is that's cool
1: yeah well i guess it's a good thing that you turned out to be a pretty good hockey player right i'll take it maggie maggie was just as good she was a goalie oh yeah and um was that because you were a, a shooter growing up, and you needed someone to shoot on, or did so, she
0: go down that path on her own? Funny story, hit me. She started off as a player, wanted to try goalie. She put pads on. I wanted to deter her from being a goalie. Oh, so the first shot I ever took was a slap shot at her head, It hit her, <laughs> hit her square. <laughs> Send like, a message. So, so we're like, we're five years difference. I'm, I'm gonna say I'm, I'm thirteen or fourteen, and she's eight or nine. nine and i i hit her square between the eyes with a slap <laughs> shot and and she looks at me and goes shoot him that way every time i'm like oh that was a bad idea opposite now effect. She, now, now she wants to be a goalie she's seen the worst yep. and knows she can handle it and later down the road she so she's a 98 birth year she um she tore her meniscus in her knee oh f- four times four times yeah had four to, she had she's had three surgeries going on her fourth that's not great. Yeah, so it that's was, uncomfortable. That yeah. makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, it was a, it was, it was tough. But like she was, she was really, really good growing up. And then Molly was a figure skater, roller figure skater on quads. How does that even work? So Explain this to me. A lot tougher. You have, you basically have uh, four edges on each skate if you want to think about it that way. Right. So it's, it's a lot more difficult. So to figure skate on quads, you have to be able to maneuver. Through almost through your heels on those skates. And just so I understand this, these are like the two wheels in the front, two side wheels. By side by side, two wheels in the back side. Like by old side. school. Old school roller skates, like you go out on a Friday night and go to the roller dome. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that there's
1: I didn't realize there was even a, a, a figure skating yep. avenue. I mean it oh makes yeah. sense. I yep. just didn't realize that. Yep. And it does sound difficult. Yep. Do they have to do the same things as same. like ice figure like jump yep. in, spinning, Jumps, catching
0: if it's a pairs or something yep. like that? There's dance, there's like um one where you can kinda go out by yourself, like in I don't know if you want to call it interpretive. Freestyle. Freestyle, thank you. There you go. That's what it is. So it's yeah, it was I mean, other than the fact that it was at five AM, whatever she had meets, it was it was it wasn't bad to watch. It was it was fun to support her support the family. Yep. Yeah, so it's it's fun I and then roller hockey's always been big in my family. So Right, naturally, cuz you yeah. said your dad had rink. a had a rink, right? Uh he was the general manager general of Show Mars Fieldhouse till I was like 14 years old and then he owned uh a, a different rink with a partner for a couple years and and then he got out of the business. But uh it was definitely cool growing up in that atmosphere. Did you like playing I mean I guess obviously you liked playing both, mm-hmm. right? Yep. But did you like
1: ice hockey more? Or did you like roller more, but there's just more opportunities, like with college and
0: professional, with ice. So I always looked at it this way: there's there's more opportunities in ice hockey, but I used roller hockey to help my ice hockey. Like right. my my okay. offensive attributes come from roller hockey. Right. So every time I played roller hockey, I would try to think about how I can how I can match it to ice. How can this translate? Yes. From one game to the other. Yep. And you think you found a pretty good balance. Yeah, and I still I still go back and play once a summer and that's I play like one or two tournaments it's a blast
1: okay yeah who are those with are those with like other buddies or things like that or other pro
0: guys that also have roller skills yeah it's uh we it's basically we've had the same team I've been playing with this team for like four years now and it's the same group of guys we come back every summer and it's it's a blast it's nice to see them and and we get to do what we love at the same time are you the best player uh or do you get rusty because you don't play as much I, would, I wouldn't say i'm rusty I'd, I'd say i'm i'm one of the better players okay like, like i i contribute quite a bit so i imagine so just ripping them from the half all i've getting in tight it's four on four so it's there. oh a lot so there's space. a lot of open ice yeah you get a lot more one on one and and open ice to shoot pucks, so you can't really complain so you talk about skills translating from Uh,
1: the roller game to the ice game sometimes, all that open ice. You Mm -hmm. get a lot of chance to play with the puck, use a lot of skill and things like that, find passing lanes. Mm -hmm. But you pulled off a move in Wheeling earlier this year. Mm -hmm. Does this lend itself to your roller game? You pulled off
0: the Michigan, my friend. The little scoop and then deposit in the top corner from behind the net. Weird, uh, against Uka Pakalukunen as well. Really? Me me and Callie both like scoring on You both
1: got highlights Um, on U.P.
0: Lukunen. Yep, so um, no, it was – it's definitely something I've done a lot in roller hockey. Okay. Like, I've done it since I was eight years old. A guy named Scotty Mazza taught me how to pick the puck up on my blade when I was little. Like they used to put the tacky mac pads on my blade, so it'd be mm-hmm. easier to pick it up. So, and I always learned that if you pick it up, like, like you don't you pull it and scoop it, you don't right. do it the way I did it, where I just shoveled it and mm-hmm. and put it up underneath the bar. So, it was one of those things. Like I just had space, and I'm like, oh, there's no one around me. Why not try it? So, like, you were thinking in the moment, you didn't mm-hmm. go out on
1: that shift thinking, like, you know what, I'm gonna try in Michigan this this guy. Mm-mm. It was in the shift.
0: You're behind the net, and you think, you know what, let's yeah. give it a let's give it a roll. Yeah, the opportunity presented itself, and I, I took full advantage of it. What do you think would have happened if you missed? I see guys miss every week. Every week, yeah, on the Michigan. Like, um, is is it attempted that often
1: down there? I know it's becoming way more common. There's been multiple uh, NHL who goals was it the this other night?
0: night. Frost or Farabee tried it in our game against Lehigh. Uh, Frost yeah, right. yeah. did. You're right. That did not go well. Yeah,
1: somebody tries it once a week. Because, so, like, I didn't realize it, it. was uh, they attempted that much in the ECHL. Frost trying it this year was the first time I've seen someone try it live mm-hmm. since Kale Mulrat actually pulled it off when he was with the Penguins mm-hmm. five years ago, four yeah. years ago, something like that. But – do you think the stigma is going away? Because before what it used to be, it was like, oh, if you try that and you someone's miss, gonna murder you. either someone's going to murder you. There would even be a stigma if you did it and scored, someone would still try and murder you. Mm. But you miss, someone's going to try and kill you, or the coach is going to bench you for all eternity for not just making a different play or something like Even though you're trying to
0: score. Yeah. It was you think that's gone? I think that stigma's gone, 100%. I think that guys are still going to get mad and try to take a run at you by all means. Like, that's just hockey. But yeah, exactly. But if the opportunity presents itself and you take advantage of it, like, hockey's such a creative game these days. There's not much of that, that, oh, you can't do that anymore, like, type thing. So everybody wants to try something. And I, I'm i waiting to see someone do it on their backhand. That's that's when. Ooh. Yeah.
1: Now that's a spicy meatball, my friend. Yeah. The backhand Michigan.
0: Yep. Yeah. So another Roller hockey move. I learned it from a guy named Vinny Jalaba, a guy that's kind of brought it up to, to be where it is. He's actually like a international known roller hockey player, Etan Shavera, and he's always picked it up on his backhand and shoved it up underneath the bar. And it's, I don't think I've ever seen that before. When, when it we makes get, sense. When we get done, I'll show you on YouTube. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's unbelievable.
1: We might have to link it in the uh, the podcast like description, too, because... Yep. That is very interesting. I've never – it makes sense. Like, I'm picturing it in my Mm -hmm. head, but I've never actually seen it – I've never even seen someone do that in, like, a practice
0: or something. Yeah. Should we expect you to be pulling that off sometime soon? We'll see if I can can do it. If you're there, I'll try it.
1: If I'm there? Yeah. Okay. And we'll be like, hey, that goes way back. We Mm -hmm. were in the conference room at the Penguins'
0: offices. I've done it it a few different times. Like, I've done it where I can – you go on your backhand and do a full spinner ammo with it on, and then you throw it up underneath the bar. So when we, we go back again to talking about like the stigma changing on a lot of these
1: like finesse, fancy, uh-huh. um, you could almost even say gimmicky scoring plays, uh-huh. the one that turned the tide for me, I remember I was in high school – and it was Linus O'Mark mm-hmm. with the Edmonton
0: Oilers. When he did the, the spin at the blue line. So he just spin at shot. the blue
1: line, fake slap shot, shoot down low. Yeah. I can't remember who he scored on. I think it was Mike Smith. It was Mike Smith. It was Mike Smith. So yeah. you know exactly the play I'm talking about. Yep. And Mike
0: Smith was so upset oh, after yeah. the game. If O'Mark Omar would have missed, he would have got sent down that night. Im- immediately yeah. he would have gotten sent down. I think he, he got sent down anyways. But
1: uh, yeah, but still, like yeah. it was this. Great moment. Mike Smith was so mad. He's an ordinary guy to begin with, mm-hmm. but he was so mad. He's and tough, I, too. I, it, well, we saw that <laughs> the other night when he uh, beat the tar out of, what, David Talbot. Uh, Talbot, yeah. yeah. He, Talbot came in for Riddick. Yeah. Yeah, wasn't pretty. But he was so upset, and I remember thinking in high school, one, seeing the highlight and then seeing, like, his post-game, like, video and him being so grim. I'm like, you just got so mad that you got scored on. Yeah, well, if you had stopped and you'd be chirping him relentlessly, you'd be chirping relentless he he'd he'd do just the bat
0: flip that was done the other night.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like you'd be you'd be all over that guy for missing, yep. but you're just mad because he scored on you. Yep. So that like completely reversed my mindset at the time of like,
0: if you can pull it off. Well, it's the same thing that Blendeezy did the other night. He pulled it between his legs and went upstairs. Like, if you do that, uh, ten years ago, like somebody's right in the back of your checked, leg or right in your teeth. Somebody's fighting you. Like even just if it wasn't score. accepted at yeah. that time, and now it's like you see that every week. Yeah, and it's awesome. I'm here for it. Oh yeah, I am definitely here for it. It makes hockey so much more fun to see so much creativity, and the the younger generation that's coming up has sees all the highlights and and does their own different variation. It just adds to the sport, and it's making it that much better. Completely agree, my friend. Yeah. We're on the same page well, here. I told you, Pankowski did the backhand, Michigan at ECHL All Star Game. Really? How did yeah. I miss that? She came up to the goalie, went fake, and went to do a backhand toe dragon. instead she picked it up and picked tried it to, up. How she, did I miss that? I'll show it to you. We got, we're going to
1: have many links
0: yep. in the description of yep. this podcast episode,
1: but we've got to move forward a little bit here. I've already had you for a while, Brandon, but there's a lot of stuff we still got to get to here. You mentioned creativity before, mm-hmm. but I want to shift a little bit, not so much creativity on the ice. Mm-hmm. How creative do you think your teammates are off the ice?
0: Yes. <laughs> Probably quite creative.
1: Yeah, you think so? Yeah, I, I wouldn't doubt that at all. See, a lot of these guys, they sell themselves short. They don't think they're very creative at mm-hmm. all and talking to them and things like that. But when putting together this next segment, mm-hmm. their creativity starts to blossom. Mm-hmm. It's almost like Dorothy stepping out of the house into Oz for the first time where it goes from black and white the yep. color. To so the yellow brick road. The yellow brick road. Yeah. So these guys have been on the yellow brick road. And now it's time for me to usher you to the Emerald City.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Brandon. We're about to play a game called Lights, Camera, Fiction. All right. Lights, Camera, Fiction! Brandon, this is all based on me being a huge fan, obscene fan of terrible, terrible movies. I love bad movies. So what I did with a bunch of the guys is... We went through a bunch of bad movies. These are all real movies, mm-hmm. but they made up their own plots to these bad movies. And you have to guess which plot is the real bad movie and which one was made up by one of your teammates. I'm a movie buff, so we'll see how this we'll goes. We'll see. I I've, I've been surprised so far that no one has actually seen any of these movies I've only come across one player and it was when we were organizing
0: the movies not actually on the podcast I've seen my share of bad movies I
1: figured you would be a challenge here and some of these movies some of them are completely irredeemable some of them it's so bad it's good Mm. but I'm a huge bad movies fan and The fact that you've seen more than a few of these, it's getting me a little concerned, Brandon. Mm -hmm. We'll see. Maybe you'll be able to crack the code.
0: That's possible.
1: All right. But do you understand the concept of the game? I'm going to read you two plots Mm -hmm. to one movie. You have to tell me which is real. Are you going to tell me the movie I will read you the movie, and I will read you the year it came out. Okay. Yeah. All right. Deal. Ready? Yep. All right. Well, then let's play Lights, Camera, Fiction with movie buff, Brandon Hawkins. This first movie is called End of Days. End of Days, and it came out in 1999. Okay? Mm -hmm. First plot. Armageddon is on the horizon as the devil searches New York City for a bride to help him destroy the world. Arnold Schwarzenegger is the only man brave enough to stand in Satan's way. End of Days. So is that real? Is that made up? Or we have the second plot now. Humanity's future is in the hands of a scientist played by Brad Pitt as invading aliens start abducting world leaders and celebrities. End one. of days. You think one is, yeah, the, is Arnold, the real one. Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's more 90s than Brad Pitt. Really? Yeah. Okay, so you're saying Schwarzenegger, 1999, because that's right on the fringe of the 2000s too. Yep. Schwarzenegger, the only man brave enough to stand in Satan's way as he searches NYC for his blushing bride, Brandon Hawkins. You are correct. That is the real plot to End of Days. Yeah, that's a, that's a bad movie too. It's a bad movie. Yeah. Great movie. Bad movie. And aliens abducting world leaders played by Brad Pitt, the scientist, that was McCoy Erkamp's.
0: Yeah, I figured that's something. I figured that's something he'd come up with.
1: <laughs> I was thinking Hemmer Blender. Hemmer Blender. Well, it was
0: it was Irksy on that one, so you can they go both back share to the brain. so it's it makes They sense. share a brain. Yeah. Really? Oh, they're always doing the same thing. I never noticed this. Oh, watch. You gotta. You gotta be like I'm really be observing very closely yeah. now. Yeah. Mm, okay. Well, let's move on now to
1: another one. I can tell you for a fact that this was not McCoy Urkamp's or Joseph Blandisi and their shared consciousness. This is someone else. Mm-hmm. This movie is The Lifeguard, and it came out in 2017. Mm-hmm. The Lifeguard. Mm-hmm. Okay. First plot. A down-on-her-luck journalist returns to her small, suburban hometown. She takes a job as a lifeguard at the local pool and starts spending her time with old friends as well as some troublemaking high school boys. The lifeguard. Or, Dwayne the Rock Johnson is a cocky, hot-shot lifeguard until his first failed rescue is his beautiful fiancée. But with biker gangs beginning to terrorize the beaches, he must find the courage to get back in the water and save the whole town. The lifeguard.
0: It's not the second one. It's the first one.
1: Why do you think it's not the second
0: one? Because he was in the one with Zac Efron. That was really bad. It was Baywatch. It was the newer Baywatch. New Baywatch movie. So you think this person thought lifeguard, Dwayne Johnson. He thought Baywatch. And
1: made a different movie. Yeah. So you think the first one, girl returns to her hometown, starts hanging out with troublemaking high school boys. I feel like I've watched it. You feel like you watched it? Yeah. Well, maybe you're right, Brandon, because that is the real The Lifeguard movie with Kristen Bell.
0: I like that. Disappointing installment. I like someone trying to make up the Baywatch, though. Yeah. Like a
1: different twist on Baywatch, but they chose the wrong actor. You saw right through that one. Saw right through that one. So two for two so far, Brandon. Two for two. Let's move on now to Idle Hands. Idle Hands. You've been sharp so far. This one, too, came out in 1999. First plot. A lazy teenager's hand becomes possessed by a demonic spirit and takes on a mind of its own, killing many of the boy's friends and family. Idle Hands. Or, a young boy who is bullied every day at school gets an invite from his favorite musician to join him on stage at his next concert. The child then turns out to be an excellent pianist and joins the band. Two. Idle Hands. You think that's the real one? Yeah. Why do you say that? I feel like it only says that it's one hand in the first one. It's not two hands. Oh, so you're looking at it that way. Yeah. So there's Evil Hand in the first yeah. one, but the movie is Idle Hands. Yeah. Pianist, you got to use both. It would make sense if it said Idle Hand, not Idle Hands. Okay. Well, Brandon Hawkins, in the case of Idle Hands, you are... Guilty of being incorrect. Wow, that is Pierre Olivier Joseph fools you on the child prodigy pianist.
0: Uh, the real sense. movie, him.
1: the real movie is teenager's hand becomes possessed and starts killing his friends and family. Yeah, I
0: haven't seen that. That sounds like a terrible movie. You, you know, don't for need me. to.
1: You don't need to. Yeah, I I can assure you of that. But I will move on to this one. This one's called Life Force. Oop, I just dropped the card. Let's try that again. Life Force in 1985. From a galaxy far away, a different form of humans come to Earth. And although they seem peaceful at first, a war of two worlds quickly begins. Life Force. Or, space vampires terrorize London and use human life force to power their spaceship. Life Force. Which one is real and which one is fake? It's so short, it's so made up. You think that one's space vampires terrorize London vampires, and use human terrori- life force to power their spaceship. <laughs> yeah, one of the boys made that up. Come on. So you think uh different form of humans yeah. seem peaceful at first, but two uh, wars begin. Yeah. Well, back to back incorrect Whoa. answers for you. Who Brandon? made that one up? Kevin Churchman made up peaceful Church- aliens. Church- I that feel like Churchy's got a pretty good mind oh, there. Churchy's, yeah. Churchy was very strong. I, he may have the highest uh batting percentage of fooling people. I'm not sure. We'll have to go back into the statistics, run some analytics here now that we're later in the season. But the real movie Life Force is space vampires terrorize London and use human life force to power their spaceship. That is the real movie. That's
0: a terrible movie.
1: Exactly. That's why we're talking about it on light. You should start bringing out good movies
0: and start bringing out quotes.
1: Okay. Well, actually, here we go, because this one is actually a controversial installment. We need not discuss... This has been discussed on many different podcasts as to why this movie is actually great or why this movie is terrible. But you know what? I get the final say, and I say terrible movie. What movie? This movie is called Drop Dead Fred. And this came out in
0: 1995. I haven't, nope, I was a year old. So I was going to say.
1: See that. Okay, Drop Dead Fred, 1995. First plot. Fred, voiced by George Clooney, is a friendly beagle who might be the most well-behaved dog in the world. However, every owner he gets dies within weeks of buying Fred. Drop dead Fred. That's sad. It is sad. You can't
0: involve dogs. That's messed up.
1: Second plot. After a woman loses her job, her car, and her husband, all in one day, she is surprised by the return of her wacky childhood imaginary friend. Drop dead Fred
0: uh, I'm gonna which say, one I'm is gonna real say, I'm gonna say one's the real one the, the George Clooney and the dog
1: George Clooney voices the dog yeah. most well-behaved dog in the world he's such a good boy I just like but everyone I just dies like, I
0: just like him as an actor so you I'm just gonna, like the Clunes yeah.
1: as an actor well Brandon Hawkins
0: wrong three times
1: drop dead Fred your streak is up to three, yeah, my friend. To. That is another incorrect answer. You well, started are, off hot 2-0. Yeah, and 0. These, are, these
0: are bad movies. These are
1: terrible movies. The real movie is woman loses her job, car, and husband, but then the return of her wacky childhood imaginary friend. Thomas DePauly went dark with Drop Dead Fred and uh, the good boy dog voiced by George Clooney, who all Sad. of his owners die. I
0: could totally see that happening being like kind of a horror movie. That's a or bad just like movie. not
1: yeah. a feel-good story. It's supposed to be a feel-good story, but it just makes you sad. Yep. So he took bad movie to heart, and he fooled you, though. But let's see if you can get back in the win column now, Brandon. We still got, uh, what, three more to go here, so we get to eight. Sound good? Yep. All right. This next one is called Cliffhanger, and it came out in 1993. Cliffhanger.
0: Yep, I wasn't even a thought yet. but let's, You were not let's even go. a thought
1: yet. Let's give it a shot, though. Cliff is taking a journey across the Alps when he enters a high-stakes challenge with the locals to see who can hang from a ledge the longest. Cliffhanger. (laughs) Okay. Second plot. A search and rescue team is taken hostage in the Rocky Mountains by thieves who are attempting to rob the U.S. Treasury. Cliffhanger.
0: I'm probably gonna be wrong, but I think two is the real one.
1: You think two is the real one. They're yeah. trying to rob the u s treasury, yeah, I feel You're like not. the
0: first one's like that somebody had to make that up, guys, thought it's just a really, really bad movie.
1: high stakes challenge with the locals to see who can hang from a ledge the longest,
0: yeah, cause if not, you die like that's it. <laughs> like, see you later.
1: There's the drama of the movie bad, bad indeed, yeah. but. You sniffed that one out, Brandon Hawkins. You are back in the wind column, my friend. Sam Lafferty gave us that cliffhanger a little bit really? on the nose. With he a went gu-
0: the Brown. He's, supposed to, he's <laughs> supposed to be better than that.
1: <laughs> the, the Ivy, Ivy League, League education doesn't, uh, doesn't do him any good here. Doesn't yeah, any good liars. No, you were correct. The real movie cliffhanger, search and rescue team taken hostage in the Rockies by thieves who are attempting to rob the U.S. Treasury. So there's another W for you. We're at, what, three and three now at this point with two more movies remaining. This one is called Tentacles. Tentacles. Came out in 1977. So this is an oldie.
0: Oh, Jesus.
1: Ready? Steve Buscemi plays a drifter who wanders into the Old West development of Boise, Idaho. When the sheriff tries to run him out of town, the drifter buries magic bugs into the ground, and they grow into monsters that may destroy the town. Tentacles. Or when the vacationers of a popular beach are under attack from giant octopuses, a scientist trains an army of killer whales to fight back. Tentacles.
0: First one's real.
1: First one's real. Drifter walks into Boise, Idaho, but then buries magic bugs in the ground. Mm -hmm. They grow into monsters that may destroy the town. You going to stick with that one? Yep. You are. Incorrect, unfortunately. The real movie Is a scientist training an army of killer whales to fight off giant octopuses?
0: I don't even know if my parents have met yet before that came out.
1: (laughs) I like how your timeline is like, was I alive? Was I not a thought yet? Had my parents even met?
0: My dad was 10. My mom was seven. So that's probably a terrible movie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It is. It is. But I don't think it has anything to do with your parents' age. It just happens to be a terrible movie. Um I told you a little bit of a lie before. I said I went to your teammates. Mm-hmm. Well, I also went into the coaches' offices as well. Skald make That fun. was Jared Scaldy yeah. with Steve Buscemi as yeah. the drifter who he's, plants I magic feel like bugs.
0: Scald's got a good mind there.
1: He does. So Jared Scaldy fools you with tentacles. So Brandon Hawkins, after starting off hot, you have one movie left to try and get back to 500 here on Lights Camera Fiction. Can he do it, folks? Well, he's going to have to do it with one of the most notorious bad movies that have ever been made. Plan 9 from Outer Space. And you were talking about that last one being old. This one came out in 1959. Plan 9 from Outer Space. Let's take the loss. Are you ready? Yep. A Russian engineer discovers that the Soviet space program is a scam and flees to the United States. And while fleeing from the pursuit of the KGB, he starts his own space program as a third party in the space race. Plan 9 from Outer Space. Or, invading aliens, start resurrecting zombies from Hollywood graveyards to try and stop humans from blowing up the sun. Plan 9 from Outer Space. Two. Two is the real one. Yeah. What makes you say that?
0: I don't know. I just like the idea.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You like the idea of aliens resurrecting zombies to try and stop humans from blowing up the sun. It does have everything. everything. It's got a little bit of everything. So, with one movie left, Plan 9 from Outer Space, Brandon Hawkins, to get back even here, break even on Lights, Camera, Fiction. You believe plot number two is correct. With the game on the line, if you will, you that's are nice. correct. That is the real <laughs> Plan 9 oh, from Outer right. Space. Kasper Bjorkqvist had the third-party entrant into the space race. Very interesting story. But not as interesting as alien zombies from Hollywood graveyards stopping people from
0: blowing up the All sun. All right, so this is this is for the win, my question to you.
1: Oh, okay, hit me, buddy.
0: All right, so this Happy Gilmore. This is the Gilmore. first time it's
1: been reversed on me.
0: Happy Gilmore. Yes. Shooter McGavin shooter on the fringe. Ah, he's a little bit in the rough, almost in, in the bunker. Mm-hmm. His caddy leans over, and does he say 5-iron or 9-iron? And then Shooter... It's a shot, goes in, he turns around, he goes, five iron, huh? You're fired. Or does he go, nine iron, huh? You're fired.
1: He, I believe he says, I'm thinking about this hard, and you will correct me. I know you will. Hmm. I believe he says, oh, no, this is challenging. Because I keep saying it in my brain. I'm like, no, it's that (laughs) one. And then I say it the other way. I go, no, it's that one. I believe he says, Nine iron. And Shooter actually asks for his wedge instead. Give me my wedge. Nine iron, huh? Oh,
0: You're fired. In today's world, you are incorrect. No, it's five iron. I am iron. The winner. yes. Wow. Five iron. Uh, I kept Scarf, saying it back and forth in my head. Me and Scarf head. had that argument in the wheel, and I pulled up the whole video <laughs> and sent it to him. <laughs> we watched the I movie. Because like, I like being... I like being right. Oh, you like being right. Yeah.
1: Well, I guess in so. this instance you have you have burned me and that earns you the tiebreaker. Yep. So everybody
0: everybody always thinks it's nine iron because the next hole the big guy uh
1: you forgot your nine yeah. iron. Hey, shoot, oh. hey shooter, didn't you forget
0: your nine iron? That's a
1: good point. Yep. Wow. Was Scarfs mad that you that you were right?
0: No, he 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 apologized. He conceded. Yeah, he apologized. Okay. Yep.
1: Well, good. The friendship's still intact. Oh yeah, 100%. <laughs> we don't we don't need uh any fractures in the locker room nope. over happy Miss, gilmore Dr. mr
0: scafo is a good guy
1: dr scafo we've yeah. had him on the the podcast before he was a great guest and you too have been a great guest here brandon hawkins but uh we got to wrap things up pretty quickly there is one more thing i have to do with you actually two more things first of which being we have a tradition here on the penguins podcast where we always have our previous episode's guest leave a blind question for the next episode's guest mm-hmm. okay it can be about anything in the world doesn't have to be about hockey. In fact, it's often encouraged not to be about hockey, but it's a completely wide-open question. We have our previous episode's guest leave it. He has left that question with me. Brandon, are you ready for me to pop the question? hmm
0: uh-huh.
1: Hawk, how do you spell baloney?
0: E-L-O-G-N-A.
1: Say that for me again.
0: B-E-L-O-G-N-A.
1: Sorry, I'm afraid you're incorrect. Was I close? You, you actually you were pretty close with the with the G-N-A. It is B-O-L-O-G-N-A.
0: Wait, but I, I thought of it totally wrong. Yeah. I, I mixed That's my a, letters the, up. The, the first time, I, I think you actually up. skipped a letter. Yeah, I mixed so letters I up. So I gave you a second chance. Yeah, I, I skipped a letter. I'm an idiot. It's good. I'm sorry. I'm not a speller. I'm a communications yeah. major. <laughs> so.
1: Yeah, that wouldn't be important in communications. Yeah. Spelling. Yeah. Writing. Yep. Yeah. That's a quick one, though. That yeah. was one of the quickest installments of the question we've had here on the Penguins podcast. And unfortunately, that's another incorrect answer from you. Does that dock you in Lights, Camera, Fiction?
0: I don't know. That would make us 4-4.
1: That would bring you back to basically 5-5, five and five, basically. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, whatever. We'll move past it. So with us wrapping things up here on the Penguins podcast, the final thing that we like to do here, we do this every single episode, Brandon. I'm going to put you on the spot. We're going to now run through some Penn's picks. Mm-hmm. Pens picks. Brandon, it is at this time that I always ask my guest for a recommendation that you can give the fans something you want the fans to know about. It can be something that you're really into lately, something that we already talked about on the podcast. And based on the way that uh, you've been uh, dropping names and, and pumping other products and, and things like that, I know you probably have a couple in your back pocket already. So, what is your pens pick?
0: Uh, I'll do two of them. Hit me. If you're alright with that. Yeah. Uh, I am first everybody go check out uh at tattoos by loaf on Instagram. I'm uh I'm I would say I'm heavily covered in tattoos. Yes you are. It's, you it's are one, inked up. It's one of my hobbies and he's he's one of my best friends. So uh check him out. He's he's wonderful at what he does and he's he's top notch.
1: Say it again real quick.
0: Uh at tattoos by loaf. L O A F. Second one. Um, the USA women's hockey rivalry series is going on for the rest of this week. Uh, I believe till the ninth tune in and watch only helps grow the game more hockey's for everybody.
1: Boom. There you have it folks. Two pens picks from Brandon Hawkins here for my pens pick. I'm going to give it out to a a band that I've known about for a while, particularly this record that I've known about for a while. Um, It's been out since 2017, I think, but uh, I just started revisiting it lately and I can't get enough of it. I can't stop listening to it for whatever reason. So I'll give my pens pick to, Uh, Gang of Youths, that is the band, an Aussie indie band. The record is Go Farther in Lightness. Like I said, for whatever reason, I just can't get enough of this record right now lately. I remember listening to it uh, a couple years ago and thinking, yeah, it's good, but I couldn't get super into it. I liked a song here and there. But now I've revisited it, and I just keep playing it over and over again while I'm working, while I'm in the car. And two songs in particular, Let Me Down Easy and The Heart is a Muscle, just unstoppable i am listening to them multiple times on a daily basis i don't get like this i swear i swear hawk but this is me right now so gang of youths particularly the album go farther in lightness and particularly the two songs let me down easy and the heart is a muscle Uh those uh that is my pen's pick all right and that does it for us on this episode of the penguins podcast an awesome episode as expected whenever i knew brandon hawkins was going to be my guest so hawk i have to thank you again for taking time out of your day to to talk to me here we covered a lot of ground there's still so much stuff that we didn't get to talk about we may even need to do a a pop do with you sometime in the future but this was a blast buddy really appreciate it thanks so much and best of luck the rest of the way through the season oh thanks for having me on all right folks we're gonna step aside and conclude this episode of the penguins podcast but you know that we're going to be back again in two more weeks if you like what you heard here on the penguins podcast make sure you like you give us the old five stars review maybe if we didn't earn it you can leave a different review but hey do what you want you know it's a free country but always check us out always keep up with us on social media as well you can follow us at wbs penguins on the twitter also you can find us on instagram snapchat all that different stuff Furthermore, all of the old episodes of the Penguins podcast are available online on the Penguins SoundCloud page or on iTunes. All you have to do is type in WBS Penguins and that'll get you the archives of the Penguins podcast. And now we can throw in this episode with Brandon Hawkins into the illustrious archives of the Penguins podcast. Once again, thank you so much for listening, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you again for the next episode.